Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Everybody, welcome to the Youth School Podcast. I'm your host for today's show. I'm Drake Phages. I'm the director and lead guide of the U School Athletic Line. But today I'm going to take my, my jock strap off and I'm going to talk to a professional. I'm going to talk to one of my great friends, uh, Brian Tustin. Um, this guy is somebody that I look up to. Not only is he a great cook, uh, a husband, he, uh, you get that guy on a surfboard. He's not only shredding, uh, but he's also currently in uh, my Fantasy Football League's championship. I'm jealous, I, uh, I love, and I hate you at the same time. But Brian is an all-around good guy. Brian, welcome to the U-School podcast. I'm glad you're here, my man. Yeah, thanks, Drake. Super pumped to be here. Uh, yeah, really fired up and honest, honestly um, honored and humbled that you would think of me to be a part of this really rad thing that you're doing with the U-School and um, just all those nice, really super nice, encouraging things you said about me. And this is... Uh, I'm super fired up to be in the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, I think I got last place or second to last, and that you was did. a that was a pattern for a few years. So you know, it's a full 180. Hey, and that kind of slings us into you crushing life. So Brian, currently, uh, you're the GM of hospitality for Moniker Group, and and those of you who aren't located here in San Diego, Moniker Group is essentially the group that is responsible for restoring. Point Loma and a lot of the cool that takes place near and around downtown. It's made up of multiple entities that center around hospitality, design, different types of events, but really everything that they do is centered around creating and building community. So, so Brian, you need to walk me through what does GM of hospitality for Moniker Group even mean? Oh man, I feel like that's such a loaded question because anyone who knows Moniker and, and anything that we do here in San Diego, it's kind of like, oh, what do they do? Uh, but for the you know the vast majority of the people that are going to be listening to this podcast, um, probably don't don't know much about it. But yeah, so I oversee all of the hospitality focused uh, businesses. So whether that's our coffee shop or the bar at Moniker General in Liberty Station, or it's our co-working space, um, I really just oversee the managers there and their success. Uh, my goal is to be a great resource to them um, and, and to really give the owners an opportunity to continue growing, building, creating business plans and um, so that way they don't have to be occupied with the day to day. That way I can just be kind of that person they're a representation of them to the managers and to the people that um, are just constantly both our customers um, our members at the co-working spaces I'm just kind of like uh, a second to the owners it sounds it sounds very similar to what you would say is the glue to what's going on here I know you would probably say no that's not it at all but it sounds from what I've seen and hearing is that you are working with employees and owners and investors and everybody involved. So it sounds like you're kind of the uh, the sticky that keeps everything together. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a, a team effort. I mean, both at the coffee shop, at the bar, all over throughout um, the moniker company, we have incredible teams um, that work individually and work really well together. Um, it's just, it's made up of so many components and people, really, really good people uh, that make it seem like I do some really rad things and like that I'm, I'm a big part of it, but really it's just making sure that the vision of, um, 
the owners and the intent and the purpose is communicated to them so that um, everyone can work together to, to create really cool communities. Yeah. No, that's great. No, that makes a little bit more sense to me. I mean, I've known you for about six years and it's like, you just seem like you constantly are doing things that are worthwhile. And now walking into moniker and the reputation that they have around here, it's, it's amazing. But, uh, I wanted to kind of, the reason why I wanted to have you on our podcast was one, you're one of the easiest guys to talk to. And that's, uh, and that's always a plus for any type of podcast. Uh, but also I, I've known you for a little bit of time now and, and since I met you, which yeah. I think was you Ooh. and your wife moved here, uh, from yeah. Maryland and you were on an air mattress in one of our friends <laughs> floors and, and You're you guys wife. have, you have constantly, constantly been leaving a story that you have been writing. And, and that's what we're all about. We like to surround ourselves and find real examples of people who are living a story we're telling, but also somebody who's actually authoring it themselves. Mm. So now that I've gotten a taste of what you do and, and some of our listeners have, I would love to kind of think about hospitality and the role that you play now and take a look back. Yeah. Look at the young Brian. Uh, <laughs> are, there, are there any um, stories or uh. any circumstances in your life that actually uh, shape and craft the way that you do your work now and that have kind of totally. set you up to thrive in the position that you hold. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of what, uh, makes up who I am today is, um, I just, there's something in me that I just love serving people. It yeah. like, it, it just brings me joy to be able to say, Oh, you need that done. Let me do that for you. I have the capacity to do it. Uh, if that's something that's going to take something off your plate so that you can focus on what you love doing, let me do that. And it makes, brings me so much joy. Um, some things that kind of like one story in particular, and this is super random, but I remember one time my senior year of high school had a pool party and there were like eight or 10 girls at the house and nice. at my parents pool. And it was awesome. It was just like senior week. And I was like, guys, come over to the pool. It's going to be rad. It's super hot. We're just going to have a good time. And I remember looking back and all I wanted to do that entire time was like make sure that food was out, make sure that drinks were available, make sure that just those people at the party were just living their best life in that moment. Um, and it's interesting because I was trying to think back of like where are examples or where did that desire to serve come from? Um, and I, I, I think it's a part of that. I think it's part of um, my sister has some disabilities that I've always seen that like my parents and my family, you know, there's there's this another element um, when growing up with that, that you kind of have to die to some inner desires to, um, to kind of serve her and just make sure that things are good there. Um, I think serving other people is also can be an element of sports when you're working on, or when you're in sports and you're working on a team. Um, all of those, I've always been kind of in a, in a life or scenario where it's not just been me doing something. And I think through those things of just being on a team, I just have developed this inner desire to serve people and um love on people in any way possible yeah we talk all the time from the sport lens from the military lens and just from the the, the human lens is uh what do you what can you contribute uh what are the the strengths the yeah. weaknesses the resources the talents that you have that you can give to somebody else and that's that's really clear in sports and oh, that's totally. really clear growing up in the family that you had with uh, your sister and mm -hmm. seeing that day in and day out of some of the the challenges that may have come with that um you mentioned sports. I have to. I have to hone in on that a little bit. Um, I know that you've played college football. Um, yep. Walk me through a little bit of that journey. 
I got to get a full taste of you, right? Yeah, full full deep dive here. So growing up, I actually just I never played football until high school uh, because I was too big to play Pop Warner. Uh, and you <laughs> I can relate. Me, <laughs> I can relate. Yeah, you know the weight limit. But you look at me now, and I'm just average guy, five ten, like two ten or two fifteen. But I was this size in like seventh grade, so they wouldn't let me play. Um, yeah. But so I didn't start playing football until high school. But I loved the sport when I started playing. Um, and I just really dove in and learned as much as I could and just tried to be really good, really good at my, my role, my position, middle linebacker and, um, really fun. I loved it. Uh, and then I played in college. Um, and that was, it was, I mean, it was a really good experience. It was just a D three school, uh, but nonetheless competitive. And I think one of my, one of my biggest memories is playing a D one prep school, um, and getting absolutely throttled. <laughs> there was this one time. Those quick, are the best, actually. It Those is, are the best stories. so humbling. But this one time, I'm like, all right, I got a mic blitz, and I'm going through the A-gap. And both prior to that moment, I thought I was a pretty solid at technique and blitzing. Like, that was what I could do in control. And a, and a mic blitz in the A-gap is just running at the biggest guys, Oh, right? yeah. Running the, just right the in the center, middle. the guard, just the guys that are 6'6", 300, 350 pounds, that are basically their job is to not let you get through. And so... Quarterback says hike, I blitz, and the guard puts me right on my back. And it was like immediate. There was not even there was not even a challenge to him for me getting through. And it was just this amazing, uh, humbling moment of like, wow. There are there's always gonna be someone more talented. There's always gonna be like these bigger people in life. But it was that was one of my my favorite memories of just getting absolutely worked. Um and, and oftentimes we we always think when we're in our athletic world or in our professional space and in the relationships that we have, we always think that the coolest stories are the ones where we succeed. But really people want to hear about when you totally yeah. just run into a wall, right? Yeah. People want to hear about me striking out versus what I did when I was at my very best, right? I think totally. it teaches us more and I think people are actually entertained. Yeah, I think it, it brings everyone like, because you hear people and they say like, oh, you played college athlete, you played college sports. Yeah. You're a collegiate athlete. It's like they kind of put you on this pedestal, but it's like, yeah, but just like with anyone else, anything that you do, there's moments of failure, you know, and it brings us all back to the human level of like, yeah. we're all just the same people trying to get better at what we're doing. And there's thousands of stories of us getting, of us failing. And I think that's why we love hearing other people's stories about failing. Cause it's like, oh yeah, you're human too. You're not this perfect all being person. Yeah. It puts it all together, right? Mm -hmm. It's yep. everything that we have in common. <laughs> so, okay. So kind of tying it back in. So we, we you, you have a, a family who's yep. taught you about servanthood, mm -hmm. hospitality, the start of that. And then you start playing sports and yep. you move from high school to the cool party, which just, it seems like the ratio of girls to guys was pretty awesome for you. Yep. Uh, and then to uh, going into college and playing college football. And then there's a huge piece of your story that <laughs> is so intriguing to me. And yeah. I think I met you, I think probably like a year or two after that. Yes. Yes. It would be probably two years. Okay. Yeah. Just under two years. Um, Walk after... me through it, <laughs> this thing quote unquote, the journey. the journey. What is that? Uh, so when I finished playing, um, football, I transitioned to a different school. I transitioned to a community college to study hospitality and culinary arts. And during that time I was living at home and I would imagine that every athlete, every person in the military, or when you finish that thing that you were once kind of defined by, you go through the season of like restlessness or like what's next. Yeah. And I remember living at home and my mom being like, you're super restless right now. Like do you want to go like what are there any like semi-pro football like programs that you can go play and i was like yeah 
I don't know if I really want to do that, but like just that I had that anxiousness in me. Um, and also during this time, I um, grew really close to a friend. His name is Jordan. He also played uh, D1 baseball down in Louisiana. And we we're both in this season of like post sports, for lack of a better term, regression of like this mental space of like, what yeah. do we do? And so we were both um, in that time also kind of like trying to pursue our spiritual journey and learning more about like, okay, what does that look like? And how is that going to be a part of our lives going forward and things like that? And so we were learning a lot about like what that meant to us. Um, and I just came into this life and this um, realization for me personally that I have so much stuff, um, like things that I love doing, like sports equipment, both like surfing, wakeboarding, all these things. I've never been in a position of like needing anything, both from the fun sides of life, from food, from clothing, from my housing situation, from cars. Like we had, there were three drivers at my house, my mom, my dad, and my, myself, and we had five or six cars, yeah. you know? And it's like, wow, we have so much stuff. Um, and I came to this, this space in my life where I was like, you know what? It's really, really good, if not better, to give. And I think it's a way to serve people and to like do that kind of thing. So um, what I really felt called to do was listen and just go about life and see who I see and talk to who I talk to and just listen to people's needs um, and just meet people who are in need of the things that I have. Um, Because I wanted to like really intentionally give these things away, you know? So it's like one thing that I remember is um, I met someone who just had like some super thrashed Ugg boots and I had Ugg boots. <laughs> um, and I just thought to myself, they're expensive. They're like 120 bucks. Yeah. And I just gotten these and I was going through a season of wanting to like intentionally give them away. And I just gave them to them. I was like, Hey, these are, you need them more than I, um, because I know that like you've enjoyed them for a lot longer than I have. Yeah. And I want, I want to just give this to you. And I think that was initially uh, uh, also a key part in me wanting to serve and learn how to, um, yeah, just serve people. And so I went through over the course of like eight months of just living my life and meeting people. And was this in the same area where you're yeah. traveling? Yep. Okay. So I was still in Maryland, um, Berlin, Ocean City, Maryland. And so I was just meeting people and listening to the people that I'd already met and known and just trying to be really thoughtful and intentional with the things that I had. Um, during that time, I'd also met my now wife, uh, um, which was a really interesting thing because uh, at the end of this uh, timeline of giving things away, I was going to um, go on this journey of hitchhiking across the country, not really in any sort of like route, mm -hmm. direction, timeline, but I just knew that ultimately I wanted to live in San Diego, okay. uh, where we are now. But I really wanted to be in, this, in, the, in the space of an openness of um, not putting a time restraint on it. Because uh, I, I didn't, yeah, I just didn't want it to be all about what I wanted. I kind of wanted this, my, yeah, yeah. my spiritual journey to like develop naturally and organically. And so maybe, maybe that was my problem. I went to Europe to find myself <laughs> and I set a time limit and I came back just as confused, a little bit heavier and uh, not as a, as in shape as I wanted to be. That's so funny. maybe that, maybe that was my problem. I, well, it's funny you say that because there was a, a moment when I started this journey and it was like the first week and I was in the middle of like Virginia or somewhere and I found myself being in that position of like, okay, I've done this for a week. I, I'm good to go home and I'm good to just like put a time limit on it and like kind of put myself in the position of choosing where I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, and, but then I kind of came back to my core purpose and my value and my reason of wanting to do this after spending some time just reflecting. And I was like, nah, I got to push through. Um, good for you. <laughs> thanks. It was not easy. <laughs> it's like, I mean, these kind of things are just so hard, but so fun and like full of stories. And, 
but like two months, no, like four months prior to leaving Maryland, I met my now wife. And that was wild because, I mean, she was dating someone at the time. So there was like really just quite platonic, but I definitely recognized that she was a beauty and she was someone that I wanted in my life. Um, and just to be like, even if it was just friends, I was like, this girl's rad. How do I, what do I do? Um, and so then one evening I was like, hey, just so you know, like this is something I'm going to be going on and probably going to be out of like, this is going to be really hard to like keep going. Yeah. Uh, all that being said, now we're married, which is wild. Mm -hmm. uh, but so I went on this journey while she was, while we were kind of, she, so she broke up with her boyfriend and then we started dating a couple months after, like a month after. And then I went on this journey. So she was basically dating a homeless man, which, which word got around that. But she still kind of is. <laughs> she still kind of is. Oh. You're right. If we're being honest. Uh, but no, so she, she went back to her college town and the, one of her like mentors there was like, got word that she met a homeless man and then started dating him nice. <laughs> rather than the nice. flip side around. And so it just, it was really comical because it just totally got flipped. Um, but it was still kind of true. She could probably put that on her LinkedIn profile. Yeah. It engages homeless people and turns their lives around. Oh, it's, it's a resume builder. Too easy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I just went through this, you know, that season of giving everything away and everything from car, all my money, things like that. And, um, and then just going on this journey of kind of wanting to experience and see people and understand. And also through like my deeper desire to understand, like for me personally, God's place and like things that are said in the Bible, I was like, I need to know if these things are true because I feel like in the Bible and I know that there are some promises yeah. that he lays out. And I was like, personally, I need to know if these are true. Um, and so that was the whole reason for me wanting to go on this journey, uh, deeper, another deeper level. Um, and yeah, and so I, I mean, it was just days, weeks of wandering and just like kind of going where other people were going. I, when people picked me up, I never said, this is where I'm going. I said, where are you going? And when you're kind of just drop me off there yeah. and we'll figure it out. Oh, that's great. And it, and it really was cool because it worked out in this um, interesting way that I ended up. Um, so Christine, my wife, she was going to college in North Carolina in High Point and at the end or at this point of my journey, I went and visited her at college because her roommate was driving through and her roommate was like, who I've never met. She's like, yeah, I'll pick you up. You're homeless. You, I guess. And I was like, wait, you're going to pick up a homeless guy and drive 10 hours from Nashville to high point, North Carolina. And she's like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, it was super wild, but we had a good, we had a good drive. And so sur totally surprised Christine at the school. But what was really interesting in retrospect is that we, I ended up just staying there in North Carolina, in High Point, a place that I would never move on my own for like 18 months. And it was really rad because um, I had the opportunity to just be in some cool positions to where um, I learned a lot. I was able to have like some alone time away from family, which I was always really close mm -hmm. to um, without like distractions of my hobbies, like surfing and things like that. And then I was also able to just serve people. Um, and that was just a really cool time of my life where I got to learn about a different demographic. Cause I grew up in a beach town and where, you know, there's a, that type of demographic. And then I moved to a country middle of North Carolina where all they do is upholstery and make really neat furniture. <laughs> yeah. Right. A lot of, a lot of knitting too in that, in that town. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's furniture capital of the world it or is. something. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was a big part of my life. Um, especially in my twenties, um, is just going through that season of, having a lot of questions and then having a lot of like, I think answers, questions answered for me. And then just figuring out like, okay, 
you know, there's this big thing about serving other people and giving. Is that really real? Like, it, do you have, do people have more joy when that is fulfilled? Yeah. You know? And what's really, what's really interesting is I'm hearing you talk and, I, and I've known you for years and I'm hearing you talk now and I'm piecing it together in the line of work that we're in is that you have these moments in your life that form your backstory. And there's these circumstances that take place, whether you can control them or not, but you're involved in it. And oftentimes you're the, the main character of those moments and of that story. And, and you look at where you've come from and you look at the family you grew up in and the scenario and the way of life, right? Kind of that country hospitality slash surf life, laid yeah. back, relatable, totally. go with the flow, to then taking this journey into sport and being on a team and really honing into other people's abilities while contributing things that yeah. make sense and that people need. And then going into this, this long winded kind of trail of nomadic endeavor, <laughs> yeah. but it really had intentionality in totally. and through knowing that, Hey, I'm going to go where you're going to go. And I know that I'm going to get something along the way yeah. and I'm going to support whatever that is. If it is a destination then I'm going to go and I'm going to be there in that destination or it's this way of thinking or life or the people you meet in the process, yeah. meeting Christine and being like, what do you need? And I'm going to go 10 hours, totally. surprise you on this journey with intentionality. And it kind of like brings me back to, although you've had a child since then mm -hmm. and, and, and you've, and you've learned the way of what it means to be a, a father intentional and, and these types of things. And I'm sure there's been trials and different things along the way. And it's not all cool and hunky dory and, <laughs> and, and, and just, I'm going to go with the wind and whatnot. Right. Sure. But, but you now land and you're now the GM of hospitality at a very well-respected company here in San Diego. Sure. So what of those stories, makes sense now in terms of the role that you play. Yeah. And granted, I don't want this to, to put you on the spot, but you don't have a college degree. Right. You didn't follow the path that most people do. Right. 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 Yeah. I do not have a bachelor's degree. I don't have a master's. I don't have a MBA, a, a CPA, nothing outside of a two year degree. And um, I, I think it just, I, growing up, I always worked manual labor jobs. And I think a lot of what those jobs require is that Here's your task. Get it done. Even if it's manual labor, what's that? <laughs> right. Uh, raking bunkers at a golf course to just cutting grass to uh, marine maintenance. I mean, yeah. you name it. I've, I've done it. But also on the flip side is I think in college sports or even in sports in general, when you're doing um, all the practices, it gets hard, but you got to get it done. And even if you don't get it done, you're going to get left behind, you know, and I think that being also at the core of just like a work ethic, I guess one could say. Um, you know, you just do it. And I feel like um, when, when we moved here, uh, I first started working at Trader Joe's, uh, thanks to my buddy Tyler Keel. Um, and it was an awesome opportunity, it was an awesome time. But it, again, it's like, you just hustle, you get your job done. But the, also one of the rad things about Trader Joe's is that they have such an emphasis on customer experience. And it was this really cool blend and transition for me to where I could hustle, I could work hard um, at, along with serving customers. You know, because it's yeah. like stocking apples and then a customer comes up and it's like, hey, I, I'm, man, you guys have these chocolate peppermint covered pretzels. I mean, everyone who goes to Trader Joe's knows they're to die they're for. They're delicious. Yeah. They're so delicious. And if someone can't find them, it's literally the end of the world. And so this person comes to me and it's like, man, I'm sitting here working hard, but now I have an opportunity for someone to serve someone and to like fulfill their goal for coming to Trader Joe's. And that was, I loved working at Trader Joe's. Um, 
and I feel like that was a really, really rad transition um, for me in life from going kind of homeless to marrying my wife to moving to San Diego to getting a really cool foot in the door with a really rad company and learning a ton. I mean, anyone who knows Trader Joe's knows that they're second to none when it comes to grocery stores and the experience that people have when they come in the store. Um, and then in that, at the end of my career there, transitioning to Moniker Group and really uh, – being in the furniture side of it. So the way that I came into working for Moniker was... Yeah, this is really interesting. Um, so my buddy Brady, uh, who is now my daughter's uh, godfather, he, he, we had been surfing a ton, and he, was, and he knew that I had kind of this background, and I knew how to build furniture, and I love math, and so I understand all that stuff. And he was like, hey, I know this guy with Moniker. Uh, his name is Ryan Sisson. He's, I think they're looking for a couple more people in the shop to build furniture. And I'm like, this would be awesome, because... I love traders, but I wanted to get out of retail hours because um, I knew for me personally that wasn't sustainable for long term with building a family and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Although the Hawaiian shirts are awesome. Hey, I'm wearing one right now, to be honest. <laughs> I love the Hawaiian shirts. Uh, but so I sent an email in. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm just, you know, would love to talk and see if this is something that could work out. And I had been to, I think, an event or two that um, – moniker was a part of and there were a lot of like mutual friends in that circle um like i knew that friends of ryan and a lot of the guys that worked for the company and girls and i had some mutual friends but we were never like really had conversations um so this was just an email out of the blue to like say hey i hear you're hiring i'm really interested i think you guys are a really cool company uh let me know if there's something available and so they just came back to me like yeah let's do it or they're like come in let's have a conversation and so now one of my good friends curtis and i got hired at the same time in the shop um and it was then just another opportunity to like work hard, but knew that I was, I had an opportunity to learn. Um, I think it's one of the things that I, that I loved about college was the opportunity to learn. And I think it's really, really important that we stay students throughout life. You know, we're like, we're always in, um, we're always surrounded by people or I hopefully we're always surrounded by people and in opportunities where we can learn. Um, and I knew that, coming into this role, I was like, man, these guys know so much about furniture building. I'm going to be a sponge and be the best student I can be uh, while working hard, while um, still um, serving them in any way that I could. Um, even if it was like little things of like knowing that my boss was going to ask for uh, a tape measure in like five minutes, knowing to like, okay, I need to have that on hand because I know what he's going to do. So it's, there's some forward thinking there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just serving. And so I, I was with in the furniture side for about a year doing such rad things like man they built some really cool stuff and uh then during that time we opened up moniker i'd opened up a coffee shop in liberty station and retail store just this really rad concept around like cross utilization of uh shopping experience while getting coffee and tea and things like that and so that was a really cool experience but then after about a year they opened up a co-working space and that to me felt like I needed to be there, at least working there or managing it or something, because in a co-working space, there's members and the way that it's structured, it's like member-based workspace for those who aren't familiar. And so what I loved about the idea of managing Moniker Commons, the co-working space, is that there's all these different people here that are doing all these different rad things. And there's an opportunity for me and the rest of the staff at Moniker Commons to take things off their plate. For, the, for lack of a better phrase, you know, where it's like, hey, let me handle the Wi-Fi. Let me handle the kitchen. Let me handle the cleaning. Let us handle everything so that you just get to come in. You have a space to be focused, productive, 
and you do what you're most excited about, you know? Um, and thankfully I'm super stoked that, that Ryan and his partners were like, yeah, let's give this guy a shot who only has, you know, an associate's degree who really came kind of from nowhere, just doing manual labor, who doesn't have any experience in running a business who has no managerial experience. Um, but I guess they just knew my character and they trusted me. And that was amazing. Yeah, and what's really interesting, we're sitting in Moniker Commons right now, and I spent the first half of today crushing work. And it's more than just Wi-Fi, right? It's mm -hmm. more than just creating the ability and taking the kitchen services and having a tap of kombucha for me to drink. But having a, a place where you know that, you know, down to the Wi-Fi password, mm -hmm. dream it, build it, right? <laughs> Where you're actually working and incubating ideas and, and curating things that are meaningful totally. and, and, and creating the space that, that people want to live in. And what's interesting is that co-working spaces mm -hmm. weren't a thing yeah. X amount of years ago. Yeah, not right? at all. You know, five, 10 years ago, they, they Very weren't, minimal. you know? Uh, and now there's spaces where hey, we need to cater to the people who want to work here mm -hmm. and to the idea and the philosophy of what work is. Totally. And so I really want to ask you, not necessarily moniker commons and not through moniker jargon and what you've been trained on how to talk about it, <laughs> but I want to hear your take, Brian, on what work means because you have had so many different types of roles from yeah. talking here today. It's been a student athlete, which is a full-time job. Trader Joe's, mm -hmm. working, woodworking, doing stuff and custom designing furniture, not only for me, but our friends on yeah, the side. True. To, you didn't mention you being a private chef. To <laughs> true. You doing a handful of other things, now running this space and hospitality for Moniker. In your life, mm -hmm. in the moments that you've lived, what is work for you? Yeah, work for me is um, just... I keep coming back to this side and this opportunity to serve people. Um, and I think serving people can be looked at and done in a bunch of different ways. And I think there's a bunch of different, uh, like kind of like interpretations of that. Um, but it's really like for, for me personally here, when I come to work, it's a combination of, is it, am I serving someone who like someone on my team, do they need something? Okay what is that request and how can I serve them to help them either get an answer? How can I help them grow professionally? How can I help them grow personally and taking the time out of my day to day to just serve my team or can I serve members here at, at Moniker Commons with helping assisting them in things. And sometimes it's just like, no, like letting people know that they're heard and seen, you know, it's like sometimes it's really, really challenging to, to when someone comes up or someone wants to have a conversation to, to stop what we're doing to give them 20 minutes. But sometimes that's what gives other people life. And I think we're all in this life and this journey to help support each other. Um, and I really feel like that's my work is that anything that I do, what and how can I, how can I help support other people and their dreams and their goals? Um, whether it's my owner's goals, you know, it's my, our, our owners have goals, they have dreams, they have an environment that they want to create in the spaces and the business as they do. How can I serve them to help take things off their plate? And then how can I serve my team to help take things off their plate or help teach them things that I'm learning from my owners? Yeah. Um, so really my, my work is like, to put it simply is just serving other people, um, talking to people, hearing people, learning. Um, one thing that I loved, I heard, I listened to a podcast like a year ago and this guy was like, 
one of the best things that I ever did was realize that every single person we come in contact with is an expert in something. And that means that we have an opportunity to learn from some, something from someone. Yeah. And I, and I love approaching people with the mindset and the thought of what can you teach me and what can I learn from you? Um, because I'm not the smartest. I'm not the fastest. I'm not the most athletic. I'm not the most business wise. Um, some people would say like, I'm the most hospitable, but I'm not the most hospitable, but there's people out here who are experts in that. And that's another part of my work is like, what can I learn from other people to help then the next person that I have a chance to serve? Um, yeah, that's awesome. And, and really it takes a journey to figure that out. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think that we get so caught up in a lot of the things that we do and a lot of the conversations that we have about who you want to be or what you want to do, or, or I'm going to graduate with this degree. And you think that it's just this, this fix and it's, and it's, you fill this and you sit this role and, and you, totally. and you charge forward and that's, and that's not true, but to know that you're uh-huh. walking on a path that actually means something, mm-hmm. it takes time, it takes energy, but it's a, it's a focused effort to saying that I'm turning into something and I'm going to stay this path because I know it's good for me yep. and I know that it's good for others. Yeah. One of the things that um, someone asked me, so I, I just turned 30 a couple weeks ago. Congrats. You Thanks. made it. Woo. Uh, well, someone the other day or a couple weeks ago before I turned 30 asked me like, and it might have been my wife. I think it was actually her. She goes, what are you most excited for in your 30s? And I told her, I said, I'm really, really excited and I'm believing that the fruit of my hard work is gonna come into fruition. Um, and I think that, so prior to Moniker, I had only, the longest I'd ever worked a job was two, two and a half years. And I'd really felt that I had never given something a long journey, a long time frame to to really dig in and to see the fruit. Yeah. Um, and it was true. And so I remember one time, like probably like 10 months into working at Moniker, I was still in the furniture shop and I had another job offer. And I remember telling, telling the person, I was like, no, I, I believe that I'm in a really good spot where I need to stay focused and I need to put in my work here. And I want to, because I'd never done that before. I'd never given anything more than three years. Um, and I'm really fired up on what my past has been at Moniker and what's to come. Um, cause I, I really believe in the things that, that they're doing. And I think it's one of the, just the rad things. And you mentioned this, that it's like you come out of college and there's such the high expectation, like, boom, I'm done. I'm going to like have this super rad life and things are going to be groovy because I have this degree. Um, but it's proven more and more that there's so much experience and opportunity for her journey for, uh, just learning and developing into like what we're passionate about and getting to like come full circle back to the things that we grew up loving to do. And how do I now make money in that kind of arena? Um, and sometimes it includes our degree. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it includes the experiences that we have at college or that early twenties, late teens, like lifestyle. Um, but I really believe that, you know, you put in, you put in work somewhere and you stay consistent and you are doing what you love doing that everything is going to work out and you know, life's going to be pretty, pretty rad. Man, Brian, this has been so fun. We will probably do it again. Uh, that would be amazing. I feel like we have to because there's so many layers. There's so many things we didn't get to. Yeah. But I want to thank you for coming on to the U-School podcast. Um, if you want to reach Brian, hear more of his story, a couple of uh, handles that you could hit up, a couple of his socials. His Instagram is at Tusticles, T-U-S-T-I-C-L-E. Twitter, S. Brian Tustin. Or just go to Moniker Group and you'll find him there because one, yep. he's one of the best looking guys. 
too. Not He's true. all over the place. But I am all over the place. That's true. Um, yeah, hit me up. Instagram, Tusticles. Twitter, Brian Tustin. I don't do much. I'm more of a stalker, not a not a talker on on Twitter. I don't, I don't share too much, but I like to watch and listen and communicate. So. Hit me up. Ryan, good luck this week, this Sunday, Thursday, oh. Saturday, all types of games in fantasy football this week. I Stressed. pray I pray for fortitude, man. Thanks, man. You good know, luck. This is you know you know how I know Drake's not in the championship in any of his leagues is he said Thursday, but there's no Thursday games this week. It's only Saturday and Sunday. We're gonna edit that out. <laughs> I'm fired up. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Appreciate all of you guys taking time to listen to me, my friends, and all the youth school guides out there. Remember, you only have one life to live, one story to tell. Make sure that you're the one who's writing it. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Youth School Podcast. You can find other episodes like this one, as well as a bunch of other free resources for students, parents, schools, athletes, and veterans on our website, theyouthschool.com. Remember, it's your story. Don't let anybody else write it.